Hey there, everyone. Michael A. Bryan here from the Oracular School of Astrology with yet another question and answer segment where practicing astrologers bring me their questions and I provide them answers based on my astrological practice. We had a planet at the southern bending. We had Mercury at the southern bending, and I wrote, this is a point of deep sacrifice. And then a planet at the northern bending is a place where we have a challenge to grow. I wanted a little more information on that. Let's say we have a planet in the natal chart at the southern bending. Is that interpretive as a point of deep sacrifice? The question is about the bendings. And I need to put on some chopsticks, some lip balm, because talking isn't really good for me. <laughs> Tell me, Nancy. <laughs> But God help you. <laughs> Talk for a living. Yeah. So the question has to do with the bendings or the squares to the lunar nodes. I think I should just give a little bit of a background. First thing is, I have no idea where the term bendings came from. I don't even know if it exists within traditional astrology truly. I've never seen that term bendings within any traditional astrological book or context. I've never seen it mentioned in the 17th century. I haven't seen it mentioned in the 13th century. The term bendings is one that I've seen nowhere, basically. There are people within the traditional astrological community who do use the bendings. And I think it is held as just a part of how we work with traditional astrology today, that the northern bending is a point of growth, whereas the southern bending is a point of sacrifice, which makes sense, especially if we're saying that the northern bending is carrying some of the significations of the north node, and especially if we're saying that the southern bending is carrying some of the significations of the south node. I think that this idea of how the bendings operates definitely makes sense that the northern bending should be a place of amplification or growth, even if that amplification and growth feel challenging, and that the southern bending should be a place of sacrifice and loss because they're basically carrying forward in the zodiac the nature of the nodes that they correspond with. So that's my initial thoughts regarding the bendings or the squares to the north and the south node. Now, I tend to be a hurricane chaser, which is something that we call people who come to Nassau or who come to the Caribbean in general during times of a hurricane because they want to be in the middle of the storm or they want to experience what a hurricane is like, which is the stupidest thing you can ever do because people who live in countries where there are hurricanes don't want to be in those countries during hurricane season. But anyway, astrologically speaking, I tend to be a bit of a hurricane chaser, and I'm not even sure that that's the truth, but I tend to always have both eyes very widely open for calamity <laughs> and, for, and for disaster. And I think that a big part of that is because it's wonderful to tell people all of the wonderful things that are going on within their lives, but it's also necessary for us to tell them some of the challenging things that are going on within their lives. And I don't do that from a place of 
wanting to be negative. I do it from a place of wanting to be helpful because I think that if we have the skills and the tools to let us know exactly where a person is experiencing most of their challenges, then we also have the tools and the skills to reverse engineer a set of circumstances within that person's life that actually helps them to find some level of freedom or ease from those challenges that they face. I love saying good things when good things are there to be said, but I love also being able to know how to identify challenging things, especially when there are challenging things there to be identified because it gives me the opportunity to practice a more helpful body of astrology because people don't usually come to us when things are going wonderfully within their lives from an astrological perspective or from any perspective. People come to us when they're facing challenges and crises within their lives. And very often, the areas within a person's life where they're facing the majority of their challenges or crises are things that are built into the fabric of their natal chart. So being able to identify challenging parts of a person's story is of utmost importance to the toolkit of a practicing astrologer and only saying positive things to a person from their natal chart is highly detrimental and I dare say it's also highly toxic because if you say to someone who's had a life full of catastrophe that everything within their lives has been wonderful and that they were the top of the class and the bell of the ball and everything always went peaches and cream for them, then it would be a lie. Not calling any names, but it's kind of like that person who at the beginning of 2020 went on national television and told the entire world that the astrology for 2020 was amazing and that everybody should travel and everybody should buy real estate and everybody should open their new businesses because 2020 was the year when everything would be amazing for everybody. And then the whole world shut down. So I think that we have to practice an astrology that carries or that holds within itself the ability to speak honestly. There's an announcement that you hear when you go through the airport, especially the airport in America. I don't remember hearing it in the Bahamas or anywhere in the Caribbean. But the announcement is, if you see something, say something. If there's something there to be said, we have to be able to also find the language to talk about it and to talk about it clearly and to talk about it skillfully enough so that in the process of talking about it, we don't do harm. And that requires training and that requires a lot of insight and a lot of knowing how to navigate various things that come up within people's lives. But if you see something, you say something. And that is just a fundamental astrological axiom because as astrologers, we augment our ability to get things wrong based on how much we either stretch the truth for people who we like or based on how much we just omit things that we see all together as a means of saving someone's feelings. We have to speak honestly within the context of our astrological practice because that's the only way we can truly be helpful. So that being said, I am unashamedly a hurricane chaser and if I see a hurricane within someone's chart, I want to be able to have language around that, but I also want to be able to have tools to help them batten up during the storm. 
So if you have a planet at the southern bending, that's oftentimes very similar to having a planet conjunct the south node. And if you have a planet conjunct the south node, well, the reason it's shaped like a toilet bowl is because it is a toilet bowl. The south node is one of the cosmic toilet bowls of the universe. Added to that are the 12th house, Neptune, the south node, once again, but also the southern bending being an extension of the south node also manifests in a very toilet bowl-esque sort of way, where if we have something at the south node, that's something that we're having to sacrifice around within our lifetimes. That's something where we're having a major challenge where we know that we can't hold on to that thing for much longer, especially if we have something at the southern bending in the solar return chart, a planet in the solar return chart at the southern bending of the solar return chart, then that can indicate a major area of sacrifice or loss that the person is having to navigate within their lives within that coming period. It doesn't matter really which branch of natal astrology we practice, this idea of the bendings seems to check out all of the time. Because I believe that the tighter the orb, the stronger the aspect, I prefer to use a five degree orb in relationship to the bendings, and that's also true in relationship to conjunctions to the nodes themselves. I prefer to use a five degree orb maximum Maybe I stretch it to seven on a day when I'm feeling super sloppy in my astrology. But in general, I always prefer for something to be exactly conjunct the factor in question. So if you have the north node at two degrees of Aries and the south node at two degrees of Libra, that means that your northern bending is going to be at two degrees of Cancer and your southern bending is going to be at two degrees of Capricorn I would really like to see something at two degrees of Capricorn or somewhere within that very close proximity before I judge that thing to be at the Southern Bending. This doesn't seem to check out in horary astrology. And I think that a part of that is because horary astrology is hermetically sealed as a practice. And by hermetically sealed, I mean there really isn't much we can add to horary astrology that isn't already there because it was already created as a complete system within itself by the time as any of us came to astrology. So anything else that we might do to a horary chart is probably going to be extraneous because it doesn't actually have to be done at all. Now, I do believe that there are things that we can do with the horary chart in relationship to the natal chart or the solar return chart, but that's another topic for another day. The point is the horary chart itself is hermetically sealed and we don't really need to bring in this doctrine of the bendings in order for us to create a more compelling judgment based on the horary reading we're giving because it doesn't seem to be a necessary thing. And I don't think that there's any form of traditional astrology. I'm actually pretty sure that there's no form of traditional astrology in which an ancient astrologer spoke about a horary planet being conjunct the southern or the northern bending and therefore dot, dot, dot. So that's how I feel about the use of the bendings. I feel as if they're especially useful in natal astrology, especially useful in predictive astrology, particularly predictive astrology that is chart-based, 
because we know that there are two types of predictive astrology. There is arc-based predictive astrology, such as primary direction, secondary direction, solar arc directions. There's also real-time predictive astrology in terms of the transits. And then there is the symbolic chart-based approach to predictive astrology, such as the solar return, the lunar return, the embolismic lunation, the current synodic lunation, and things of that effect. So in general, I think that this notion of the bendings works best within natal astrology. And within predictive astrology, I think it works best when we have an actual predictive chart that we're basing our predictive interpretations from and not necessarily something like secondary directions or solar arc directions or anything to that effect. If you're enjoying these Q&A segments and you'd like to work with either myself or an OSA certified astrologer, then by all means check out our website where you can book yourself a high quality astrological consultation today. Also, I answer many of these questions and more in my book, Mastering Traditional Astrology, A Depth of Beginning in the Celestial Art, which you can buy a copy of on Amazon.com. And if you'd like to become a professional astrologer, then check out our Professional Astrologers Diploma Program, as well as our Medical Astrologers Diploma Program, by visiting the education page of our website.